The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 140. Today, the Bible Study Podcast picks up the study of Acts in the end of Acts Chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, we talked about the day of Pentecost, and we ended with Peter's sermon, and we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is an interesting paragraph. It is a small picture, we'll get a little more later on, of the church and what the church behaved like at this time. And it's a fairly simple picture. There are no mention of committees, there are no mention of councils, elders, yet at this time, not even deacons. That won't come until a couple chapters later. They're not maintaining the grounds. The church won't have church buildings for a couple hundred years at this point. And so I think this is a view of the church in its simplest and in some sense in its cleanest form. So what are they doing? They're devoting themselves to teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer four pillars for any church to build upon. Teaching, so that you understand what is right and what is true, what is expected. Fellowship, so that you know one another and can support one another. Did you notice in this, there's a real theme of a community. They are living in community. They are sharing with one another. And I hesitate to say this, this doesn't look like a very capitalist view of the church, it's almost that other C word in the sense that they're holding everything in common and treating each other equally and sharing their needs. But what they're doing is they're putting each other before money. They're putting each other before their own possessions even. And they're doing this out of selflessness. It's not that somebody is forcing them into this. This is certainly no Marxian view of the church by any means. But what they're doing is they're holding each other more important than everything else except God. The breaking of bread because Jesus commanded them to remember him in the breaking of bread. And then to prayer which strengthens both their relationship with God and then helps them to support one another by calling for God's intervention in various areas. That is the core of the church. And notice at this point when the church is at its simplest form, it is also filled with wonders and miraculous signs. Now, I am someone who still believes in miracles. I don't see them every day, every week. I know that some places in the church, they see them on a more regular basis. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. The selling of possessions and goods is also going to come back when we get the introduction to Barnabas in a little bit here. Every day they continue to meet in the temple courts. Again, there's no place for them to meet. There's no church building per se. So they meet in their homes. They break bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Now, I think that that is not unrelated is when the church is at its purest, when it is an instrument of God's love for itself and for others, 
I think that there is a different relationship that people have to the church, even those who are outside the church. Much of what people hold against the church, I think, is when the church fails to be Christ's body on this earth. Granted, there's going to be opposition to the church when it is acting as Christ's body on this planet, but I think that that is not always the case. And we see that church is growing. Daily people are being added to their numbers. And continuing on in Acts 3, we get a little more glimpse into that miracles and wondrous signs. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I wonder at some point that phrase that Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but I'll give you what I have, if one of the reasons that in many places in the church we don't see as many wonderful signs is we rely on that we do have. And we do have the silver and gold, and we forget sometimes, I think, that God's Holy Spirit that stirred up at Pentecost, which we talked about last week, that is working through Peter here and the other apostles, is still at work today in this world. And so this man is healed, his ankles immediately become strong, he is leaping, he is not just walking, he is leaping and jumping, and of course, he is praising God, because that is the appropriate response when we realize what God has done for us. And of course, it gathers a crowd, and Peter gets a chance to preach yet another sermon. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, 
The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days, and you are the heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all people will be blessed. Then God raised up his servant. He sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Now, Peter and John are going to get in trouble for this sermon that he is preaching, but we'll deal with that next week. Peter's becoming quite the preacher. Isn't it interesting that when filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly he is taking advantage of the opportunities afforded to him through this miraculous sign. These people have walked by this beggar every day. And they know him, and they know that he was a beggar, and they know that he wasn't faking it. They have seen his withered legs. He probably put them out there to show them so that he would get more money. And they see him walking and leaping and standing, holding on to Peter and John, and they're astonished. And they know that God has worked, and they don't know why, and they don't know how. And so Peter tells them. He says, it's that Jesus You thought you were done hearing this, but we're not done with this story yet. Jesus has risen. We are witnesses of that. And it is in Jesus' name that this man was healed, as you can see. And he tells them how all of the prophets have been pointing to Jesus and that calls them to repent and come to Jesus. You'll notice that when Peter talks, he talks about Jesus. Why is it that you look at us like we did anything? This is Jesus. This is the power of God acting through his son, Jesus. And the purpose of the church is to point to Jesus. The purpose of the church is not that we are to be raised up, but that Jesus is to be raised up, the name of Jesus to be praised, and his work to be done. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. I'm going to play you out with a little different music today that you might want to take a listen to because it is the same story of Peter and John and the lame man. As always, thanks so much for listening. At the temple gate, a beggar sat. A paralytic on his mat I never walked for a single day Till he heard Peter say Rise up and leap And jump for joy There's good news all around When Jesus Christ has picked you up No one can put you down Our love is growing, we can't stop showing this love of Jesus we have found. Our love is growing by leaps and bounds. Rise up and leap and jump for joy. There's good news all around. When Jesus Christ has picked you up, no one can put you down. Our love is growing, we can't stop showing this love of Jesus we have found. Our love is growing by leaps and bounds. The people saw the beggar rise and dance and leap before their eyes. He got up from his beggar's bed and turned to them and said, Rise up and leap and jump for joy, there's good news all around. 
When Jesus Christ has picked you up, no one can put you down. Our love is growing, we can't stop showing this love of Jesus that we have found. Our love is growing by leaps and bounds. Rise up and leap and jump for joy. There's good news all around. When Jesus Christ has picked you up, no one can put you down. Our love is growing, we can't stop showing this love of Jesus that we have found. Our love is growing by leaps and bounds. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.